the. I'm not happy with that. That was weird. It was weird, wasn't it? That was really injury. weird. I'm just going to go for the stop. Because I was trying to read there and, and stop looking like, at. Look at the camera. You're still doing it. Even last episode doesn't even matter because that whole episode was it's like. It's fun. At least when I asked you to make me look skinny, you did. That was a bit far, wasn't it? Welcome to The Connected Athlete, episode number five. I'd like to welcome Elkie back as my co-host and we'll be talking about overcoming injury today. Overcoming injury is something that most athletes along their career will have to do and often it is a very frustrating process because as athletes we want to be able to play our sport. We don't want to have to do treatment and rehabilitation and all those things that go with injuries. And there will be injuries that are catastrophic, that require surgery and potentially six, nine, 12 months out of the sport. And then there'll be other smaller injuries that may only be a couple of weeks or maybe a month out of your sport. Over the years, I've had a lot of questions from parents about how to manage their athletes' injuries. And it's because a lot of the time the athlete wants to return to their sport and they're not quite 100% or they're not fully healed or they're not doing what the physio said or they're not doing any of the, any of the rehabilitation or the warm-up exercises required for them to get back into their sport so that they can function safely and effectively in their sport. The biggest frustration to me in youth athletes is getting pushed back into their sport too early. We need to make sure that they are fully fit before they return to their sport. The reason for this is they're still growing and developing. So their bones, muscles, nerves are all growing at different rates. Their hormone levels are changing. They are going through the biggest changes in their life physically and potentially emotionally. And we can't return them to sport too early. And I know there's situations where there's a particular tournament coming up or there's finals coming up and if they're particularly a crucial component of a team that if they weren't playing it would not lead to the same result for that team there's often that pressure from coaches and other players and parents to return that athlete to sport too quickly when we're dealing with that balance between needing them to return to play and needing them to do their rehabilitation, their stretches, their icing, whatever it might be, and how they return to play safely is something that needs to be driven quite often by a physio or an exercise physiologist or a really well-qualified strength and conditioning coach. The reason for this being is that often they've had a lot of experience with dealing with injuries and how they normally roll out in terms of the length of time out of the sport. It is also sometimes a very tricky time for parents and athletes because they are dealing with a lot of people that may be giving them mixed messages. So they may have a physio that they're working with, they may have an SNC coach, they have the actual coach, they might have a massage therapist involved with them, they might have a GP 
as part of this village of people that are looking after this injury. And I often have parents say to me, I don't know which person to believe. This person is saying that they're going to return in two weeks. This person is saying they, they are right to go now. The coach wants them to play and they're training okay, so he doesn't see why it's an issue for little Johnny to return to their sport. This is where the village is really important and the conversations that need to be had between the people that are looking after the athlete. So don't ever contradict another practitioner is my advice or don't as a coach assume just because the athlete isn't complaining that they're not in pain and they're not trying to look good so that they look like they can return to play a lot earlier. When we're dealing with these injuries, it's really important for the coach or the physio or whoever is looking after this athlete, even the GP potentially, although GPs are extremely busy, is to have the conversation with each other or a letter written with a full explanation about this is the injury, this is the treatment they require, this is how long they're likely to be out for, if that changes, then that can be rewritten and re-identified. But it does a couple of things then. If it's in black and white particularly, the parent has a copy, the parent can give the coach a copy, the massage therapist a copy, the GP a copy. All of those things are in black and white then. So everyone has the same message. And the athlete can look at it and identify that that's what's happening. Because if it's all grey... The athlete will always pick the person that is going to get them back to their sport more quickly. Having said that, there are athletes that may continue to have an injury that should be getting better and everyone around them is thinking, I wonder why that's not improving or why are they still reporting pain and why are they not returning as most people would within the normal timeframes? There's a couple of things that this might involve. One is they may have a fear of returning to their sport because they were injured in their sport. And that can be a real thing, particularly if it was a catastrophic injury where they ended up having surgery or some kids and some athletes don't deal very well with pain. So the pain involved is something that they are responding to more than other people. And we all know that we all have different levels of pain. So when we talk about different pain tolerances, some people have a really high pain tolerance. I've had athletes that have run around on a broken ankle or a broken leg or a dislocated, played with a dislocated shoulder. If that had happened to a different type of athlete, they would have been in a heap on the floor. So it doesn't mean that one is necessarily better than the other because you don't want the athlete with the high pain tolerance running around on an injury that isn't getting better and you don't necessarily want the overcompensation of falling in a heap and not coping. So being able to identify exactly where that athlete is can sometimes be extremely hard. The next part of overcoming injury is it's a learning process for every athlete when they get injured. It's a learning on what I need to do to get myself back up to where I need to be Am I prepared to do that? Am I prepared to do all of the exercises and treatment that's required 
to get back to 100%. And that's something that's really important for growing athletes. You need to get them back to fully fit and well. I've seen a lot of athletes that continue to return to their sport at 80 90%, and then they spend the whole season in pain. They've got a sore this. They start with a sore knee, but then they're starting to get a sore hip because there's a bit of compensation and they're loading one area more than the other, or they start to roll their ankle because they're pushing more weight onto one side of their body than the other. They're getting a sore back because you know, they're loading their body differently, whatever it might be, they're not fully returning. Now, some of those motor patterns that these athletes will be learning in that time can stay with them for a very, very long time. So we talk about compensatory movement patterns and they are a real thing and they create this functional movement. So it means that if my right knee is sore and I might not be loading it as much and I'm right handed, I might lose some of the muscle tone in my right quad. That's going to increase my knee pain potentially over time, but also by not being as strong in my right leg, which I normally probably am more dominant, I start to then use the left-hand side of my body. And that might be that I'm limping or I'm changing the way that my mechanics are. So that then as I return to play, I take those dysfunctional movement patterns back into my running action. And they're things that unless you get good treatment and good advice can stay with you over many, many years and because they are something that you consciously have to overcome again. And it is something in athletes, young athletes, that I see a lot of. For example, when an athlete comes in to be assessed, we'll get them doing some activities. It might be some squatting, some calf raises, walking, um, lunging, some shoulder range exercises, an overhead squat. And already in your assessment, you can start to see things that aren't symmetrical. They might squat into one side. They have reduced flexibility in their hips or in their ankles or in their shoulders. So even as they're growing, their body is trying to readjust all of these motor patterns anyway let alone put an injury in there to create a different motor pattern so that you've got two things happening, bones, muscles, tendons, all trying to grow and develop and as they actually physically grow. And then if you put an injury in there, that starts to disrupt that process. And I think as an adult as well, we have clients coming in who are 40 to 80 years old and we ask them, their previous injury history and they'll tell you an injury they might have had three months ago and I want to know whether you've fallen off a horse when you were younger or pain and then they say that it's because of this or this and then you get them to move in front of you and they're moving in those compensatory patterns because they've had an injury previously and it could be 20 years ago mm. and I think that's very true and even if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about some of the injuries you might have had as a kid and now you're an adult, you're probably thinking, oh, maybe maybe some of these aches and pains that I'm having are not the original ache and pain that I suffered but another ache and pain. So I have conversations in the clinic with people and I'll say, oh, 
have you ever injured your right knee or your right hip? And they'll go, yeah, but it's fine now. Like, that's, it feels great. It's just this left hip and my lower back that's a problem on the other side. It's like, yeah, okay, well, sometimes those things can go together. So identifying those patterns, particularly in our young athletes, is absolutely important. The problem is, is often those exercises are the most boring, repetitive exercises you have when you're returning to your sport or rehabilitating. So it's, it's an important sell to these athletes about it will actually make you better and stronger and faster if you get this right because if you're compensating, it means you're losing energy in a way that you could, if you harness that energy and put it in the right direction, you would actually achieve more. So it's about selling it, unfortunately. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. The next part about overcoming injury is the social component of that because often what happens is we get injured and we don't return to our sport until we're fully ready to return. All of the research suggests that athletes who still go and go to training and go and watch the games and participate and are part of the sporting environment in a social way and on game day, they return to their sport more quickly and they adapt back into their sport more quickly. So there's a big, big push now with young athletes where we're saying to them, well, can mum and dad drop you off still at training and you can go and pick up some hats or just hang around with the group and just watch what the coach is doing and maybe learn some of the drills and keep them in your mind and think about how you might participate once you get back out there. And then gradually, you know, if you're on crutches, you might then be walking around on the pitch a little bit with them and then jogging a little bit and then you know, you're just facilitating that return to play in a more gentle way but taking into account the really social implications of our sport. And it's a big part of the positive return to sport Kids that are left to not go to training and, and not attend the games over time do tend to feel like they've missed out on a lot. So they haven't just missed out on the training and the games. They've missed out on all those conversations that we have standing in line for a drill. I mean, how many conversations do we have with people as we arrive to our sport? whilst we're training, whilst we're taking a drinks break, all of those little conversations are extremely important as part of the sport. So I would encourage all athletes who are injured and out of their sport to attend as many training sessions as is feasible. You may not be able to initially if you've had surgery or something quite serious, but if you're just out for the week, still go to training because you can still get something out of training. Your coach will say something that's relevant. You can put that into your brain and think about the way that you're going to do that in the future. Another thing that we need to take into account when we are looking at the rehabilitation process and where things might fall down a little bit is we forget to keep training the other side of our body. So if I've hurt my right knee and I'm doing all the rehabilitation that I need to on my right knee and my leg, I should also be doing similar things with my left. Partly because what you do with your left, your right learns. 
and partly because you're still doing not full training. So therefore your left-hand side of your body is not doing anything necessarily. So as part of your rehab, it should always include left and right equal work and potentially during that time you can also work out some of the imbalances that may have led to that injury. So we have what we call catastrophic injuries or impact injuries. So catastrophic being out of sport for a period of time. We have impact injuries like bruises or being hit and that's how the injury actually occurred. We have injuries which are overloaded injuries. So they will be repetitive injuries to tendons or you know, repetitive injuries that keep reoccurring, keep the scar tissue keeps re-tearing or around that area keeps re-tearing, high stress. And then we have injuries where there's an overload because of a weakness. So, and this is where it gets a bit interesting because if I tear my left calf, is it because my left calf is weak or is it because my right leg is weak and my left calf is pushing me around? The only way to know that is to test both your left and right sides of your body. And this is where a lot of it gets missed. People go, oh, well, you've hurt your left calf. We just need to strengthen the hell out of your left calf. Well, that's fine if it's weak and that's why it tore. Or is it because my right leg or my right calf is 70% of the strength of the left? So that's where getting really good advice is important because it does lead to overcoming the injury in the long term. So if you have a recurring injury, something that keeps coming up or it's moving around your body, you've got a left calf and then maybe right hamstring starting to play up or those sorts of little niggly injuries. And I'm talking about lower limb injuries because they are much more common in land-based activities, but it can be your upper body too. It can be your neck and then your other shoulder or whatever it might be. Overcoming injury is not just going through the processes. It's about identifying how do we make sure that as they return to their sport or as the athlete returns to their sport, their body is in the right condition to actually return safely and effectively because the last thing we want to do is have an athlete that is frightened to return to their sport because they keep re-aggravating, keep hurting. And we don't want to leave an athlete in a situation where they are returning to their sport, their pain is gone, but there's all of these other movement patterns that potentially down the track may cause them to have other injuries in the future. So in summary of that, it's really important for everyone in the village to be on the same page and having that communication. And again, a letter, something, an email, in a document shared between those people makes life a lot easier for particularly for parents and athletes and also just be aware that we really need to make sure that there's a full rehab program and that they complete that program they socialize during that time so that they feel part of the team when they come back in they haven't missed out and then asking the questions asking the questions of the practitioners asking how long things will take so that everyone is really clear to the athlete. I 
just want to let people know that this podcast is based on uh, a lot of experience in the industry and some of the conversations and questions that I've had throughout that career and by no means is it uh, specific advice and you can take what you need from the information and we hope that it starts to allow people to ask more questions or consider certain situations in a different way.